and welcome to another episode of Talk Jela, a podcast series by Red Kaya. I'm your host Sarah and today we not only have one, but we actually have two guests with us for today's episode. So they are none other than our own very own interns at Red Kaya, uh, Alicia and our newest member on the blog, Shiyuan. So welcome to the program, Shiyuan and Alicia. Yay, thank you. Hello everyone. Hi, it's okay, it's good to have you guys on today's episode. So, right, let us cut to the chase and dive right into the program. So, we all know that um, school has now resumed because um, the pandemic is starting to, I mean, it's still there, but it is slowing down and, you know, our schools are reopening and students are going back to school. So, for us... Those for some of us like who have already left school for you know for a couple of years, such as myself, like don't ask me how old I, how old I am. I'm not going to say it on air right now, but um, I do miss it a lot. How about you guys? Like you both of you are still studying, right? Yeah, I I miss school so much. I re- I really want to go back to my campus. I miss my friends. How about you, Shuyun? Yeah, for me, I miss my campus a lot because I actually I study in Peking University and. Because of COVID, I only on campus study for one semester, which is not not until a half year. Like I only have four months of experience in Peking, so like I'm very looking forward the borders to open and I can go back to campus to really to experience the university life. Mm, okay, yeah, I'm pretty sure anyone of um anyone of the audience who is listening, those of you who are studying overseas or your campus is overseas, I'm pretty sure you're itching to go back and re-experience what um, overseas campus life is like. So aside from the campus experience, there's also one aspect that um, some people are quite particular about. That is the kind of things that are being taught to us uh, during our schooling life. So, you know, there are certain subjects that you know are mandatory, like for example, maths, science, English, then for Malaysians, it's sejarah, or if you are extra brainy, like our dear Alicia here, like she says she's the smart kid in class, you would go for um, business or something like that. Are you not the, the smartest class, uh, the smartest kid in the class, Alicia? I remember you said that once. Did I? I don't, I don't know. Gonna pretend. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you did. <laughs> I'm sure Shiyuan is smarter. Shiyuan, <laughs> <laughs> what do you say about that? Um, I think I'm slightly higher than average, but I, I won't say that I'm smart. I'm maybe hardworking more. Yeah. Wow, so <laughs> modest. Yeah, wow. Okay, so yeah, so these are the subjects that we normally learn in school. But then, what about those things that are outside of our you know, our co-curriculum, like, you know, whatever things that we don't see in our textbooks. So we're going to touch on that today. So our topic for today is actually the things that we wish were taught to us in school. So what we're going to do today is that both of you, Alicia and Shiyuan, each of you will say the one thing, the one thing uh, that you wish that schools taught students the most. Okay, let's start off with you, Alicia. Now, what would be the burning topic you would want schools to teach in Malaysian schools? Wow, burning topic. Ah. <laughs> uh, I want to say sex ed. I don't know, will it be a burning topic? But I think that 
um, it will interest a lot of high school students especially. Yeah, when you talk about sex education, the first thing that comes to mind is, is it Form 4 or Form 5? Form 4, right? Chapter 3, right? Science, science textbook. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's been a long time. Oh, I don't know. I didn't study in SMK. I studied in Tuzong. So, Tuzong, right? We didn't have sex ed. We just had like biology class where we like learn the human anatomy, then like ovaries, testicles, all the stuff lah. Then, but nothing about sex. Yeah. Mm, okay. Should I uh, share some of my experience or should, yeah, yeah, sure, go ahead, go, go ahead and share. Oh, okay. So, actually, there was one time we had like a chirama. It's not like sex ed lah. It was more of like a boy girl dating relationship stuff because we were around like. Form 4, Form 5, right? and then like couples started emerging up. And then, you know, like Tuzong, they are quite conservative ones. So then some Tuzong actually, they ban students from like dating. So I think it was like around that time. And then that's when like suddenly out of nowhere, they asked us to like stay back after class and then join this drama. So I don't know what was going to, what was happening. Then you sit inside already. Suddenly we saw our, our counseling teacher there. And she's like, okay, today we're going to talk about dating. <laughs> Everyone was like, like okay, out of nowhere, and then remember she asked the here's the question. Okay, I asked you, Ashian and uh Sarah. So like, mm. there's four stages in a relationship. First one is being friends. Second one is uh date a one on one dating. Then one uh friends to uh one person to friends dating like as in like you and a a group of friends dating, um. Or, and then sex, and then um, marriage. So, they asked us to, like, like uh, line up the timeline, uh, which, how do you think, um, should it naturally go? Whoa, what kind of question is that? That sounds so personal on so many levels. <laughs> they really ask that in school, really? Yeah, they asked us, so then they just asked, like, oh, anyone of you guys want to answer this question? And then, like, the boys, they got a bit funny with it. So then, they were like, okay, answer the question lah. And then, Ayoh, they boys said, will always be boys. Uh, always be boys. Hey, wait, before that, what, what do you think, Shiyuan? Um, For me, maybe it's friends. And then, uh, worse. And then, for me, I would prefer uh, sex before marriage. Yeah. That's the only mm. Ooh, okay. Ooh, I, I, I guess I've been living in a bubble then. <laughs> I don't know, because maybe it's partly because of my conservative upbringing, because um, I'm a Christian. So it's always been drilled into us that sex is always reserved after marriage. You know, so um, for me, if you were to ask me back in high school, how would I, how would I rearrange this chronology would be, definitely you have to be friends because... No way are you, do you want to live together for an eternity with somebody you barely know, you don't even love. So definitely you have to start off with being friends. And then next would be, okay, you know, become a couple. Lo. Then after a couple, then, you know, I will, for me, I would also do like background checks on the guy. Make sure that he's really sane and he's not doing any hanky-panky stuff. So once I, he, he passes my requirements as well as my parents, then wedding no and then after that uh have a family no yeah like what biology lessons always teach us <laughs> yeah, so that's from me yeah yeah but- so then like 
one of the guys, right, they did the same thing, uh, like Shiyuan said, like, um, they ordered it as uh, sex before marriage. Then everybody in the hall, right, were like, whoa, started clapping hands, then the boys started getting rowdy and stuff. Now I feel like that made sex, like this topic, even more of a taboo than it already is, you know. Mm-hmm. And then like, mm-hmm. on top of that, like, you know, kids at our age, at that age, at that time, very curious about this kind of things. So, so I mean, like, my point is, like, we really didn't have proper sex education. And then like, little bit of mentioning about sex gets people excited already. So I feel yeah. like, honestly, it's just very natural for kids to get excited. And it's good to actually have this kind of education um, by professionals, uh. yeah, that's also a problem because actually professional sex educators are not a lot in Malaysia. This one I can safely say, and it's gonna be super awkward if you ask like a pro to like teach you about, you know, sex stuff in class. Well, that's the yeah. reason why Netflix has the series called Sex Education, right? Sex yeah. Education. I love that show. So yeah. Much. Ooh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, I actually have a question in mind. Uh. I actually have a question. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, I know maybe this might be embarrassing for some people to answer. Lah. If you guys don't feel comfortable answering, like feel free not to answer it. But I'm just curious, how did you, um, I mean Shiyu and Alicia, how did you gradually learn about sex? Like, you know, what was your process in like slowly coming to terms with the existence of sex and also, uh, you know, knowing the biological uh, workings behind it and of course things that are outside of the textbook like how what was your learning process like who wants to go first uh, you go? Uh, for me I think it's a bit naturally grow with the with my age um, like most of our uh, in Asian family we mostly learn from movies and from TVs and but also there, there's many censored censored parts but uh, I think my, my family is quite open-minded about this. And my sister and I, will, like, I'm, like my older sister, uh, she will tell me some of them, like uh, the human anatomy when I was in primary school, I think. Like uh, we, I know my body parts and the male body parts are different and the reproductive parts is how, uh, and how it works. But uh, I think because uh, my school, we have a counselling class also. In I think it's from one or from two. And then one of the teachers, that they, he showed us a condom in class and how to use it. And they, he also like to taught us what is the safety of how to use and then uh, the safe sex if you... If you got raped, I, I particularly remember this one. Uh, he said, uh, if you uh, unfortunately have you got raped, <laughs> yeah. And then he said that you can you can ask the raper to like to use a condom. <laughs> yeah. So like what? <laughs> what the hell? Am I hearing this right? <laughs> and and tell me is like what is this? Okay. But like but it's a very I think it's um important lesson. La. So it it, it gives me some perspective of sex, I think. Yeah. Mm, okay. How about you, Alicia? Uh actually like contrary to Shiyan's experience, I I never been exposed to like the topic of sex in primary school. And never in form one or form two classes also. 
but then I think like as you grow up then like you meet guys then I have a boyfriend so then like we talk about these kind of things like just to manage expectations you know stuff like that then then you go to uni and then your friends start to have sex and then like they tell you about their experience and things like that and then you start reading books you know but I, th- I remember back then 50 shades of grey was like so popular right so I actually got a hold of one of the editions before so I went to read it lah then that's when I realized that whoa, very steamy or this or the sex right? You're very a brave soul in reading that Alicia. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't finish it. I, I just I felt really guilty reading it. I felt I was doing something wrong. Yeah, actually, cause to me, I feel like it's still a taboo, ah. and then I feel a bit paisa when I talk about this kind of stuff. One, so that was my journey. I feel like mostly I I learned a lot from my friends telling me their stories. Ah. Yeah, that's my experience with it. Mm. Uh, to add on a bit, right? I think books is really uh, give me many uh sex education about this. Not only the part of not only the act itself, but it's also about the relationship status and the your own sexuality and all that. Yeah. So I think books is a very helpful uh thing to help you if you're family is not open-minded and it's not comfortable to discuss about these things. Mm, yeah, I mean, if your, your school don't teach you, then you gotta learn from somewhere else, law. <laughs> Books, uh, movies, you know, friends. Mm, but why do you think sex education is not really enforced? Like, it's not, not to say enforced, uh, huh? okay, I'm using the wrong word. Why do you think sex education is not taught so prevalently in public schools? Is it because of the embarrassment that's often associated with it? I think, one, there's a lack of educators. Two, even students themselves will feel weird talking about it, let alone the teachers. And then three, our government will never do it one. It's, it's just like too big of a topic. We're not a Western country. We're not as open-minded as them. There's no way that will happen. I mean, like, be it embarrassment or what. There could be like wrong teaching also, you know, because like, people misunderstand. Even sometimes the educators also don't understand it well. Things like that. Like, or some people will believe that teaching sex education actually promotes sex. Ah, so then they're scared that, oh, students will end up go around having sex with everyone they see then. Then it will have like an opposite effect. Ah. So I think that's the main reason actually. I agree with Alicia on the last part. Yeah, I think because of the social stigma, they think like, oh, the more you don't know, then the more you won't do. But the thing is, the internet is like, it's very, uh, it's always in our lives. And there's no like age limits on that. So I think many underage and many youngsters, they kind of get their sex education with a... Uh, with a quote on internet which is so which is which is very very wrong and it will lead to many many uh decisions that are very wrong and they will impact their lives for like yeah forever. yeah hmm, I, yeah i really agree with that because i think i've read quite some articles where you know researchers have shown that you know for those people who are sex offenders or they are rapists, anything to do with sexual offences. They notice that most of them, they often have an addiction to pornography. So, yeah. And then whenever the detectives, they ask the, 
the offenders like why do why did you do such a heinous crime and then a lot of them will, will say that oh because I was addicted to pornography you know I had to get my satisfaction elsewhere I think one of these very um, prominent cases of uh, a serial killer being addicted to pornography I think it was I think it was Ted Bundy yeah Ted Bundy is a very notorious serial killer I could be wrong but I remember it was it was either him or Jeffrey Dahmer so he he actually blamed pornography for being the reason behind his very murderous urges la. And also to add on, he came from a broken family as well. So I really think there is a relation between a lack of education when it comes to sex um, and also, you know, people leading, people later going on to, to commit sexual crimes. Because like what the both of you said, there is no one to properly lead them when it comes to understanding the way how sex is supposed to be. And even if they were to experience it for themselves, how should they react to it? So I think uh, we all, again, it all boils down to the basic level, that is educational institutions. And I honestly think that uh, Malaysia needs to maybe consider looking into this. Yeah, I, I get it that sex is something that most of us don't really want to talk about, but I think it's quite important, like, especially when uh, we have, recently we, have seen, we are seeing so many cases of you know, underage girls getting pregnant, babies getting abandoned or, you know, rape cases. So, yeah. All right. So, now we have talked about sex education. Now, I'll move on to you, Shi Yuan. So, what is the one topic you wish were taught in school in Malaysia? Um, for me, I think it's the electoral system in Malaysia because uh, all of us know that the D18 bill is already approved and then the voter age is uh, is now 18 and above. So I think it's very important for us to learn about how to vote and how our electoral system goes and how our law-making process is to let the voters to get to know how to vote and how to make their votes more efficient. Yeah. Okay, now that you touch on politics, huh? I, I got another question for both of you. Okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your political knowledge? Malaysia context only, huh? how would you rate it? I think like mine is at 3. Wow, so low. Uh. My, yeah, my knowledge about political stuff in Malaysia is very low. Huh? Is it because you're not interested or is it because um, you feel like there is no direct impact to your daily life? No, no, there is a direct impact for sure. And I am interested. It's just that it's very messy. Like a lot of, a lot of things keep coming out. It's very messy and then it's like very hard to like keep track uh, for me. Okay, mm. how about you, Shiyun? Um, I would say my knowledge is maybe 7 to 8. Yeah. Wow, this is the other end of the spectrum already. <laughs> okay, yeah. so you read a lot on politics, is it? Yeah, and I would say so. Like I, I myself, I'm very interested in international relationship and and the political uh, system, and then all those politicians and all those uh, law and uh yeah, I myself find it very amusing, and we can see a lot from the politicians that says about a country, but uh, for Malaysia, it's not the case, I think, because politicians in Malaysia, we know, are all like, 
when we when we ask a citizen about our politicians and most of them will disapprove of their of their manners or of their sayings about those social issues. So yeah, I think it's a very interesting topic to learn. Mm, okay. So okay, I give my views. Ah, uh. so for me, when it comes to um political knowledge, I think it's around. I think it should be somewhat around the same range with Shi Yuan's. Ah, uh. um, partly because I have a minor in political science. Um, in my uni days, and for me, um, politics is actually kind of fun if you embrace it with the right mindset because again i totally i can totally get where alicia is coming from when she says that politics is super messy like yes it is because there are so many faces there are so many laws and you know sometimes uh, things can get out of hand pretty quickly as well but i think politics um basic political knowledge is essential uh, because um eventually when you turn 18 or you know, last time when you turn twenty one, you actually have a role in determining um, the so called the fate of the country la, through your vote. So for me, how I see is that um, I think Malaysian youths would be interested in politics if it wasn't so messy. I think there is genuinely an interest to learn about the politics, but because you know, we we tend to see more nonsense instead of real stuff getting done. Um, I think Malaysians have become so disillusioned to a point where they feel like, you know, what's the point of me learning about politics? It's messy. Everyone has their hands dirty. There is no point. So let's just give up on it altogether. Like, even when I was in my uni days, I was in a class of four. Like, my journalism class only had four students. Okay, there were only four of us. So, and then we can choose whether we want to minor in advertising or um, political science. So, anyone you want to take a guess out of these four, guess who took, guess how many took advertising and how many took political science? Anyone you want to take a guess? I think it's just only you that take political science. Okay, how about you, Alicia? What do you think? Same. I think you're the only one who would do that. Hmm. <laughs> Very smart. I think you guys could. I think you guys would have known me from a past life or something. Because yes, I was the only one that took political science, and I, I, I tell you, the reaction from my, my, my classmates were like, "Yeah, politics is so, it's so boring." You know, then I'm like, "No, it's not boring." You know, you have to know the ins and outs of your country's politics to know how it affects you. And then you're like, "No, it's like, it's like they were like, how can you study a subject that is so." so messy and so incoherent most of the times but to me i feel like you need to know because it will affect you one way or another even though you may not think that that's the case for now but eventually it will get to you much older like for example um the 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 rate of tax that you pay that is determined by the government and imagine if you vote for a politician that that you know uh, champions for higher taxes you are going to be in trouble it's like you're going to have to give more money to the government more than what you're willing to give over so it's all these little basic um, responsibilities when you become an adult it will affect you and it's all related back to the politics of the country so yeah that's from me what do you guys think 
Yeah, I totally agree on Sarah on this because like uh other than the taxes, they also decide our laws, like uh our employment law, how how many days of leave you can take and your salary, your minimum salary is also decided for by them and also our environment and the all those infrastructure and uh, the education also they also decide our the education system and the transportation yeah it's a hot topic right now and inflation of course it's all related to politics so i think it's very important to have the platform for youngster to learn because as like sarah said it's very messy and because all the news coming in uh so i think many youngsters maybe have they they have the heart to learn but they don't know how and they don't know where to learn from they they don't know the step by step and they don't know where to find the introductions of into malaysia's politics yeah i think it's most of the situation of our youngsters in Malaysia. Mm, yeah. I I think that's the that's the current state of what's it called political awareness. Uh. But I'm I'm actually quite happy to see that the young people are starting to quote unquote wake up. Uh, I think we can already see that from the Lawan protests where yeah. they really went all out to make their voices known uh, in the streets through a peaceful protest. So I think uh, winds of change is starting to to stir already. It's just that, um, I guess bet- better late than never. So yeah, I think this is a stepping stone where we can hopefully, um, you know, create more political awareness among uh Malaysian youth and hopefully turn our democracy for the better. Okay, so now I have to give one topic that I feel needs to be taught in school. Um, for me is okay. There is always this one subject that I never understood in school. Like it's being taught to us, but I never understood the the purpose behind it, and that is pendidikan moral. I even until now, I really don't understand why it exists. Like I don't disagree with its materials. Like it's all good. It does teach you the the basics of how to be a decent human being but how it's being taught in school is really like a what's it called like a regurgitation process like you just soak everything in then you vomit it out during SPM or now we don't have PT3 or in whatever exams you need to use the knee lines and then you just vomit it out and and I've always been very bothered by how poor you know, you know how low EQ levels are among people nowadays. Like, you know, you know, you read of stories where people go for job interviews, and then they really come up with the most ridiculous responses you can ever think of. Like, for example, there was one where you know, um, this girl say, "Oh, you know, she found a job," and then she went MIA. Then when the boss asked her, "You never turn up. I'm not going to pay you." And then the girl was like, "No, you wasted my time. So you should pay me." And then I'm looking at this. I'm like what you know is this is this how school taught you to be as a human being so for me i really feel that malaysian schools don't really focus a lot on 
you know, on really teaching um, students on how to be a person with very good EQ levels because you don't have EQ, you're not going to get far in life. You're going to create a lot of enemies along the way. It's like you open, you open, close your mouth, you are bound to offend somebody one way or another. And I think it's quite worrying, especially... Okay, I may sound biased, so I actually want to ask the, the both of you, lah, especially Alicia, you are from what you would call yourself a Gen Z. So my view of Gen Zs as a whole is that they really don't know how to carry themselves in a very, what's it called, proper manner. It's like they don't know basic etiquettes. You know, the, the social cues, the social etiquettes, it's like it does not exist in them. I mean, I, 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 sound, I sound very harsh, but this is the, the impression that I've been having. So do you think this is a real problem among most um, Zoomers? Or is it, for me, it's just like a one-time thing? I feel like there's half-half lah. I feel like Gen Z's, their resilience is not very good. So like what you mentioned just now about the girl saying, oh, you're the one that wastes my time, you should pay me. I feel like Gen Z's will do that because they feel like, um, you're not, like, not fair to me, ma. Maybe some Gen Z's will have a sense of entitlement. Ah. And like what I said, they don't have, they lack resilience because they didn't go through um, economic crisis or like world war, things like that. So they don't know the pain. And so their resilience towards this kind of hardships is lesser. So they easily give up. But at the same time, I wouldn't say that their social etiquette is bad. Because a lot of Gen Z's now, they, for some reason, very, very involved in like social issues. One. Like, wow, women's rights, whoa, you see Gen Z is sure there. LGBT, whoa, sure Gen Z is there one. Like, any of this like, world hot topic trending issue uh, you can see a lot of gen z's posting on their instagram trying to spread awareness things like that one so there is half half to it lah i feel hmm, okay uh Shiyun, are you a gen z as well or are you slightly older oops um gen z uh, i think i qualify as one but yeah but sometimes i also couldn't get what they are thinking as well. Yeah, I think I'm I'm older in my mind, something like that. Uh, so what do you think about my impression about Zoomers, like my personal impression about Zoomers? Is it a fair take or is it somewhat biased? I think, yeah, I agree with Alicia that it's half-half. Like, because I think these social etiquette and cues, uh, they have to like, they have to learn from their childhood. Yeah. Like maybe uh when when one go to social events and maybe they go to extracurricular events and all those activities they will have a higher EQ. So I think it depends on everyone. I think it's different. So I think we can we cannot say that Gen Z is all is lack of social etiquette lah. but uh, maybe some of them is like very pampered from their childhood so they will have lower EQ when they go into the society yeah I think that's mm, right okay so like as as a zoomer yourself lah, okay maybe partially or like half of a zoomer um, what kind of advice would you give to to those who have difficulties in 
in dealing with somebody, regardless of age group, who doesn't really know how to present himself or herself in a proper manner that does not offend people. Um, uh, for me, I will advise them to observe first, like uh, be quiet and observe how others act in the group and then maybe slowly to get to know them and then you can contribute yourself in the group but there's cons of this like it's very then you will tend to be very slow and when everybody is already friends and you will find you are left out so maybe when you are observing you can also contribute yourself at the same time Okay, Alicia, how about you? Um, my advice, uh, you have to observe, uh, like Shirian said, and then you have to understand if you did something wrong or not very acceptable, you just have to learn from it. Uh. All these kind of things is trial and error. one, uh. So if you face something wrong, then just make sure that you don't repeat the same thing again. So, yeah. Uh. Uh, okay, that sounds like good advice. So, yep, so we have come to the end of today's program. So, thank you once again to Shiyuan and Alicia for being part of today's episode. So, to all of our listeners out there, um, if you enjoyed this episode, you can download it or listen to it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you want to get more content from Weird Kaya, you can also follow us on our social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Telegram, and many more. So I'll see you on the next episode. Take care and bye.